0: This is your captain speaking. Welcome to another episode of DJ's Aviation Podcast. All systems are go, so lean back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show. This is DJ's Aviation Podcast. Everything aviation.
1: Everything
0: aviation. Aviation news. Airline developments analyzing route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news, and we talk about world events and life. DJ's Aviation has a Discord server that's officially partnered with Discord, and you can join with a link in the show notes or using the vanity URL discord.gg/aviation. This is the DJ's Aviation podcast, and now your host, Dan.
1: Omicron. Probably the best way to start this podcast. I hope you're all well. Welcome back to the DJ's Aviation Podcast. I believe the last one was published December 15th or 16th, so it's been a while. Obviously, I typically try to endeavor to do these Every week on a Saturday or Sunday, and I am definitely aware that it has been a while since the last podcast went out. Obviously, there's no real excuse. Um, to put it quite plainly, I've just been tired. The year has definitely caught up to me as we now uh, head into the run in with Christmas now, about 20 days away at the time of recording, and I believe the time of publishing. And it would be naive of me to say that this year has not been one of the hardest. I mean, 2020 definitely brought its challenges, but I think 2021 also had a lot of ups, but also a lot of downs, um, things I wouldn't even cover in this podcast. It's been busy, unexpected. And I think that's the general consensus for the world overall. And I think sometimes sitting down to do a podcast for 20 or 25 minutes, sometimes stretching to 40 minutes is not always the easiest thing. Uh, Obviously, a couple of things to mention is I am obviously no longer back in London, which means regarding the substance for the podcast, i.e. going to York or going to Newcastle or wherever it may be, that isn't there anymore. I'm sort of confined to my bedroom walls and ultimately when it comes to recording a weekly podcast, if the most, uh, how would I put it, entertaining thing you've done is watch Formula One or watch a football game on uh, your monitor I wouldn't necessarily say it would. It would strike me as something to listen to. So, I think just in the past couple of weeks, having done, I believe it was that mini series. It was the mini series on the twenty twenty one Dubai Air Show. I took a look at. Uh, the three days they were basically the three main days that stuff happened and did daily recaps and I think after that I after that week of the Dubai show pardon me the burnout definitely started to hit in and I've been burnt out before I think my the last time I was probably burnt out was in 2018 and uh, obviously if you're not aware across my two YouTube channels I'd been doing sort of three videos a day almost every single day and uh, it's definitely taken its toll like I mentioned as we as we move into this the run-in and uh, a lot is going on. Obviously, if you're still aware, I'm I'm hoping that I'm going to be going to Canada in about 20 days, but given Omicron and how everything's moving, I have no idea whether that's going to be now possible. So I guess it's now the stress of uh, all the purchases and everything that's been organized for that being completely thrown up in the air. And it's not even just about that. It's just about once again, not being able to see someone that you're wanting to go and see and i'm not the only person in this situation there are people that have not seen their parents for years there are people that have not seen their loved ones their family members just there's so so many people that are struggling with the closure of borders and unfortunately if you're an avid listener of this podcast you'll know that i reside in a country currently that is probably one of the worst oh, I would just say, is the worst when it comes to these border restrictions, they will not hesitate to shut their borders over basically nothing. I think we're already seeing multiple states here in Australia shut their borders with no proper scientific evidence, and uh, they're getting a lot of backlash because it genuinely feels like March 2020 again. We're seeing the UK, I actually believe, pretty much at the time of recording this, they've reintroduced the pre-departure test or pre-arrival test. I'm not 100% certain because, like I said, I definitely... Uh, I definitely understood what was going on in the UK a lot more when I was there. And that's not to say I don't keep track, but when you're uh, covering so many different places, it's almost hard to remember, oh, they made this role redundant, or they, they put this in place. And uh, apparently they're bringing back the tests and that is not getting a very good reception. And I don't necessarily blame the people that are mad. There are people that have booked holidays. There are people that are overseas currently. There are people that have organized things and now all their plans are being completely impacted by this. As an example, I believe the United States changed their rules and now I need to get a COVID test the day before. But see, that doesn't intertwine with what Australia and Canada requires. Australia requires something different for me to leave. So I need to get now two COVID tests prior to departure. In fact, if I had my list, which uh, it should be somewhere, but I've got a list of everything I need to do before my departure off to Canada. And in fact, I have a book, it's like a display folder. And I believe actually I do have my list. So perfect. I will run you through the list of everything I need to do. That's what you can hear the paper in the background. And I have a display folder. And this display folder is going to look like I'm heading into year 12 English class by the time it is actually full of everything I need at the moment. There's about six different things in here and I'm not even a quarter of the way through, but I thought I'd get on with, uh, everything that needs to be done and obviously if we take a look back at 2019 when none of this was the case it's so sad to see what it's sort of become and and the difficulties in just trying to go absolutely anywhere nowadays now don't get me wrong the pandemic i completely understand but i do think to a certain extent this is all getting a little bit ridiculous so my piece of paper is double sided that's how much that needs to be done and wait until you get the catch a lot of this needs to be done on christmas day so as you can probably imagine, that's providing difficult considering it's Christmas day and you're going to deal with delays and everything. And, and because you can only do these things 72 hours before, you do not, you're not really got that much time to, uh, to be able to complete these things, get approval and get results. So the first thing on the list is 72 hours before a PCR test needs to be done. Now, uh, obviously, I could have a PCR test taken at home and then ship it off in the mail. When I went to Portugal, I did a PCR test that was done at home and then I shipped it. And also when I came back to Australia from the UK, I also did a PCR test and both of those were shipped in the mail. The main difference between the Portugal and the Australia PCR tests I completed, uh, they're with the same company, pardon me, they were with the same company for anyone that was, um, unaware. I simply went with the same company because I was familiar with their practices from when I went to Portugal. But uh, when I posted the package away in Portugal, I got a label that was uh, Express Champions League Final. So it had priority in basically everything. And that's why the results came so quickly. But the one I bought, I just bought the normal one. And I think I even bought the one with the highest, the, the fastest shipping to the lab and to get my results. And the only reason I was able to board my flight was because I rang up the the clinic and the lab and was like, "Do you have my results? I'm leaving in 12 hours." And they were like, "What's your name?" And I like told my name, and then they said to me, "Oh, there was a delay. It's only just arrived, but we'll, we'll make sure to make note and to get it as soon as possible." I'm like, "When will I get it?" And they're like, "Oh, maybe like 1 p.m. tomorrow." And I said, "Better my flight. I need to be at the airport at 3:30 in the morning." And they were and they basically said, oh, so had I not rang up, I would not have had my PCR test result. Now, this is despite doing it at the earliest and shipping it at the earliest point. And that's why that's why come this Christmas, it's like uh, it's, there's a massive risk in doing that shipping again because I just don't trust it. So I believe there's a place at Melbourne Airport, which most likely I'll have to go to. Otherwise, I need to try and find somewhere else. But I need to find somewhere that has a rapid turnaround time. Uh, Because I cannot risk that not coming through. And obviously, that's not the only thing that needs to be done 72 hours beforehand. So there's just a lot riding on so many different things falling in place. And I'd argue that me as a person is by no stretch of the imagination someone that is lucky And I definitely have a lot of hiccups in whatever I do. So it wouldn't shock me if something ends up going wrong. But like I said, the PCR tests need to be done, that the results need to be all printed and to go into my folder. On top of that, uh, 72 hours before departure, I need to organize my Canadian visa. Now, don't ask me why, but I was under the impression I could do this at any point. Uh, I already have secured my visa to the United States. Now, a lot of people have said, have fun plane spotting in Los Angeles and have fun at the In-N-Out Burger. I am not going to the United States to go for a holiday, i.e. I'm not going there to hang out and get a hotel. I'm purely transiting, but I need a visa for my transit because I'm going on a domestic flight within the United States. And that's something that I'm required to have. But see, I applied for that visa. Speaking of, I applied for that visa November 30th and I got it, but I got no confirmation email or no email about the process at all. The only way I was able to uh, find out about it was Uh, manually finding my application through information and I was like but shouldn't they email me I feel like that's something that should be emailed to me because I was like what's going on so like I said I only worked out that my visa was approved by going into the actual website and basically tracking down my application and I thought that was weird I feel like in 2021 there should be a better process to that and I could have sworn when I went in 2019 with my parents we got the stuff via email but maybe I'm wrong but I'm, it just shocks me that it's not sent through email, seeming everything is nowadays. But like I said, I need to get the Canadian visa. That is seventy two hours beforehand, despite all websites saying that you can do it a month beforehand. When I, when actually push comes to shove, and I'm trying to apply for the visa, it says if your flight is in seventy two hours, you uh, if your flight is over seventy two hours away, you cannot do it. So it, it leaves me in that pickle of. Uh, so it's another thing that now I've got a hope gums in the 72 hours. Uh, obviously we have the vaccine passport for international travel that has to be printed out and also on my iPhone, just in case the iPhone dies and I'm sure they'll want a hard copy as well. So that's already in the display folder. The vaccine status proof also needs to be provided. So I have an NHS card and an NHS pass because if you were unaware, yes, I am double vaccinated, but I was double vaccinated in the United Kingdom, not in Australia. So that's that was a whole another. Pardon me, I dropped my whiteboard marker. I like to fiddle with things while I am recording. I feel like I'm more comfortable, so I'm playing with a whiteboard marker. But um, I was so like I was saying, I was vaccinated in another country, which has been a whole nightmare trying to organize it here because for the for quite a significant period albeit we were in lockdown i was not recognized as being vaccinated so i had to go through uh what we call medicare here and if anyone was vaccinated overseas and is Uh, like an Australian citizen, you may definitely recall or you may have been through something similar uh, because everyone has to do it if you are vaccinated overseas. And I I took the punt and wanted to get vaccinated overseas because I uh, didn't trust the vaccinations here originally. And I I still stand by that because when I was double vaccinated, there were 50 year olds here that hadn't even had their first dose. So I'm happy that I got it over there, but that definitely provided difficulties when trying to get it done here And for no shock horror, when I did actually try and get my vaccine uh, status registered here, I, uh, what what, what would you say? How would you say? I basically spent two weeks waiting for my data to be Uh, put up so I could get my international certificate and then it wasn't there and then we called them and they basically were like oh yeah well oh no we didn't get your information I just sent my information there's proof everywhere but basically they forgot so exactly the same as the PCR test having difficulties it being in shipping uh, they just didn't do it so once again it was only once you called up and explained the situation did they actually do something about it and that's definitely a gripe of mine that I really really dislike having to deal with. So, like I said, I have to have the vaccine proof from everywhere. Uh, I need my passport, travel sim. uh, What else? Oh, yeah. And then 72 hours before departure. On top of that, I need to be going and doing an Australian declaration form. Now, this is something I had to do for the UK and Portugal. So, I had to fill in a Portuguese passenger locator and a UK one. There were difficulties filling in the Portuguese one. So, I had to ring up Portugal, basically. Now, I rang up Portugal with my friend on the train to Peterborough. If you have not listened to the story of the Portugal trip, which honestly is probably one of my favorite days, and I feel like it's a really cool podcast of just telling a story, and it ends on a high. So I definitely recommend going back and listening to that if you have a spare hour and 20 to just relax and chuck something on in the background. But basically, I had to call these places on the train, uh, and it was a complete and utter nightmare. But I have done passenger locator forms before, so I assume it shouldn't be any any different. That's done through the Department of Home Affairs. Now, anyone that is traveling out of Australia in uh, New South Wales, ACT and Victoria, to my knowledge at the time of recording, needs to fill one of these out. I'm not sure that the rules on the other states, because basically Australia does not operate as one at the moment. Australia is operating as two different I've, honestly, there's like three different countries within Australia because the states are almost acting as their own country, i.e. Victoria is not doing what New South Wales is, uh, pardon me, Victoria is not doing what Western Australia is doing. South Australia dislikes Queensland. Queensland doesn't like Western Australia. Western Australia hates New South Wales. Tasmania won't allow anyone in. It's it's so dysfunctional and such an embarrassment to be here, to be completely honest with you. um. So that's why I'm saying like some people will be doing this travel declaration form if you're in a state that actually allows you to leave. Otherwise, I still believe you need an exemption to leave, which is near on impossible to get. Like I've covered so many different times, no matter what your reasoning is, no matter what your logic is, no matter how much it makes sense, there's still the 100% chance that they'll just reject you. So uh, the declaration form is just one of those things you do. It's not that much of a big of a deal. Like I said, I had to also do the ESTA visa. Um, So that's something I have managed to secure. Thankfully, I think that was one of the easiest processes in regards to applying. And it's one of those things of I'm happy that it's been ticked off and I wish I could do the same for Canada. Because I think naturally when we have so many things coming up, you know, you've got Christmas, you've got the the journey that may potentially not even happen after all of this, which would be a huge bummer considering I've got my visa um, I've I've purchased my winter clothing. I've got my new suitcase. I've got, uh, obviously, a couple of exciting things to talk about a little bit later on. Uh, there's been so much going on, and it's just it's just kind of annoying if it doesn't go ahead. Uh, then also, there's the 24 hours before or the day before I need to get, I think, I believe, a regular COVID test, and that is because my PCR will not be valid for entry into the United States. So that there is a whole nother conundrum now that's only come out in recent days. I therefore need to get a test the day before. Or maybe even the morning of my flight, because my flight is a night flight. So a red eye, pardon me. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely a bit of a pickle that I'm in. I'm going to need to then get the results sent to someone else to then send them to me because I'm going to have a travel sim. It's it's so confusing. And so, uh, yeah, all over the place. And there's more on top of that that I don't ha- I have written down on another sheet. And it's just kind of like, damn, I'm looking at this and, you know, the amount of stuff that I need to do, I wouldn't even need to do for basically anywhere. This just feels so extensive. And, and again, I will compare it to 2018. And obviously we had no pandemic then, but it's just crazy. I was saying to um my parents, I was like, there's more checks going into my local gym. And I'm pretty sure I told you guys on the podcast, there's more checks going into a local gym than there felt like there was for international travel two years ago. And that is, that is just nuts to me. Absolutely nuts to me. Um, but that's that there's a lot going on fingers crossed the trip can still go ahead and as we get closer I'll do more I may do a, a podcast say solely on preparing again so you can get a bit more of an insight even though that was just sort of insight I still think it would be good acting at, on its own
0: you're listening to the DJ's Aviation Podcast stay tuned as we depart into another topic
1: Um, What else to cover? Well, I actually turned 21 about a week ago, so I don't really celebrate my birthday. I don't like celebrating my birthday. I don't really like telling anyone, but I thought I would just say that, yeah, because it was cool because I, I managed to get, which I'm so, so grateful for, Um, a new camera, which is so sick for photography, and I'm absolutely loving it. I, Albeit I haven't got to try it out that much, but uh, I have gone into the Melbourne CBD and I got some really cool pictures and I'm having so much fun editing. And that's something that I personally just love doing. I don't really, I don't want to do it because oh, I don't I, I, don't know how to explain it, but I just feel it really tranquil and I'm, I'm a very creative person. So just being able to go out with your camera and take some photos or something and look at something that looks ordinary, but making it interesting is a huge, huge passion of mine. And one of the main reasons why I want to study media and journalism at university, if I have the opportunity, because that area. I just love what you can do with it all. So that, that's that been fun, which means we hit, I actually think I hit 100,000 views on my Flickr. And my Flickr, if you're unaware, is where I publish uh, photos of mine. Now that's plane spotting or just general photography. I mean, there's trains, trams, mountains, architecture, cars, like Lamborghinis and Ferraris. There's so much stuff on there. I feel like there's something almost for everyone but I just do it as a fun thing I love just editing and I almost use it as a way to back up my photos my favorite ones Uh, I previously did it on Instagram but I do not like Instagram in fact I've deleted it now Uh, so definitely don't look for me on there because I don't use it anymore, but Flickr is just a fun place to put some pictures up alongside. I do the same on Twitter and the Twitter has been going really well. We're about to hit 13,000. Well, I'm about to hit 13,000 followers. I don't know why I always say we, I feel like I say we, because we're a community, but then it infers that basically there's 15 people in my, in, in this team when there's not. So it's technically just me. I should say my account's about to hit 13,000 followers, which is really cool. I said, did it again. I keep doing it. Um, There's been a lot of growth on that account. So it's really nice to see that people are enjoying the content that I'm putting out or at the very least, I don't know, they just follow, who knows why, but it's cool. Uh, I just wanted to conclude and I guess say that what a hard year it's been. It's been a year full of so many ups and downs. I feel like a lot of people approaching 2021 really had maybe some optimism that this year would be better has it been better I don't know if you can I can necessarily say that right now I don't think it has been I think every year presents its challenges without a doubt 2018 had tough times 2019 did but I think the past two years have been completely unrivaled in regards to challenges and difficulties and, and dealing with life that feeling of being lonely Um, for me it was a year that was full of so many lows there were highs but there were a lot of and a lot of lows um, obviously I celebrated the sixth birthday of DJ's Aviation I launched DJ's Transport so there were a lot of cool things content wise and I'd argue that while the channel was definitely dipped in viewership and that's been very very clear um, at times we struggled to get 6,000 views in like 24 hours so that's one of of course of course that's one of the main standouts But I try not to always look at it like that and I'm still enjoying making videos, but I'm not gonna lie I'm actually really enjoying the second channel I'd honestly say more than the main channel and maybe that's because it's something new I feel like it's a fun niche where I don't worry too much about everything I just enjoy it and take it as it comes and I think that was one of the main things that I had with DJ's aviation when I started But now that's become my full-time job and maybe that aspect of it has gone Do you know what I mean? So uh, it's become more work centered, but whereas my transport channel and talking about trains is something I'm just really enjoying and I'm taking it at my own pace. I don't feel pressured to go and learn everything all in once. I've got enough on my plate, but I- I'm just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying my time on that channel. And I'm glad people also enjoy it. I did some train spotting actually in Melbourne and, uh, obviously the Melbourne content people don't care as much about, but in saying that, um, i do it again just because i have a lot of fun and i'm excited to just put that out on my channel to the hundred people that may actually enjoy it but i'm very excited for that because i think the trains are by no means as entertaining to look at or as visually pleasing but at the very least they they definitely do look cool and i think it's coming from the sense of uh, i experienced U- I hated the trains in melbourne i experienced the ones in the uk that was so much better but now coming back here, I haven't seen these in so long that it's kind of a refresher and it's like, oh, they're awesome. But I'm sure I'll get tired of them very soon. But again, it's one of those things of, it was an old thing and now it's a new thing to me because I was away for so long. Uh, Regarding university updates, I mentioned that I do have the offers. They're still ongoing. I have not been completely accepted into university. There's been some updates there, but I won't say anything. The big... uh, opportunity I had that I was discussing and a couple of things won't be happening now because lo and behold, it's been uh, scheduled for a day that I'm unavailable. Unavailable in the sense of I'm literally flying. So that's a bit of a bummer considering it was the first thing I've been invited to in six years of doing YouTube. So yeah, pretty disappointing to be completely honest because I know that this opportunity will probably never come around again. Uh, And I think that's what's so much of a downer about it but it is what it is i'm still very grateful that i even got considered for it uh but yes that unfortunately will not be happening and don't worry i'm just as gutted as probably you are hearing that um when it does happen i will i will confirm like what it was specifically uh but i just wanted to say thank you if you're still listening to this i know there hasn't been a podcast in 20 days and i will endeavor to do more over this festive season and obviously fingers and toes crossed that i can go to canada you will be getting pretty awesome travel podcasts which i mean that i feel like they're the best ones as travel journeys and me chatting Uh, basically crap about what I did at the airport and you hearing about how the flight was and, and feeling like you were almost there I love being descriptive so I feel like I like painting a story and having people come along on that journey and you feel like you're there personally that's something I enjoy when I listen to podcasts myself I like when I feel like I'm with the person and can experience that even if I'm just in my bedroom or on the train or on a bus or wherever it may be So hopefully if that goes ahead, you can join me on that experience in the best way possible without actually being there physically. Thanks very much for watching. If you would like to review the podcast, you're more than welcome to. Did get a new review from the Netherlands. Uh, He said, I used to watch you on YouTube. Now I'm listening to you on podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, I hope you did enjoy watching the videos for the time you did. Um, But I appreciate you listening to these podcasts nevertheless. And like I said... If you would like to listen on any platform, you're more than welcome to Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Google, wherever it may be. Most likely this podcast is on there. Do take care. Continue being safe. Obviously, with Omicron, the media is going absolutely nuts for it all, and it's putting travel into disarray, and uh, it's, it's definitely been a rough week and a half of uh, the media just loving making everything potentially worse than it is. But do be safe. Do take care and I will hopefully be back with you next week with more developments that are in a positive light. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.
0: You've been listening to DJ's Aviation Podcast, one of the most unique podcasts on the internet, offering up your one-stop shop for all things aviation. We discuss aviation news, airline developments, Analyze route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. Make sure to like, rate, and leave a review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Twitter and YouTube at DJs Aviation. If you're interested in rail, check out our second channel at DJs Transport. Till next time.